the McAppin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm a shiftless hobo. <laughs> and now the news. <laughs> As per usual, we'll be hitting you up with the uh, movie news going around Hollywood and other places. And then we got some movie reviews for you. I'll be reviewing Unstoppable, the latest collaboration between director Tony Scott and his favorite actor Denzel Washington, also starring Chris Pine. I'll be reviewing the Disney's latest animated 3D movie, Tangled, also known as Rapunzel, and I'll also have a look at a DVD called Shock. And uh, after that, I'll be reviewing the uh, latest movie from the uh, Brothers Strauss, the directing team who brought you Alien vs. Predator Requiem, Skyline. <laughs> but uh, before we get into any of that, if any of you have any questions or queries or anything that you'd like to say to us, you can email us at podcast at mcgappinfries.com. That's podcast at mcgappinfries.com. Podcast at mcgappinfries.com. And we have no emails this week. And we have no emails this week. <laughs> so please. I guess our emails. one listener was busy. Friends, <laughs> Romans, countrymen, lend me your emails. Anyway, I thought I would um, open with this because this is just awesome. Billy Bob Thornton says Hollywood is making bad movies. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. In an interview with uh, The Telegraph, Billy Bob Thornton blamed video games for turning the public into moviegoers who are no longer ex- expect any real story or lessons in their movies. He said, and I quote... Movies were doing that well before video games came along. I know, I know. But this is, a quote, this is his quote. We're living in a time when we're making, in my humble opinion, the worst movies in history. They're geared towards the video game playing generation. And these video games, which I'm on my son about constantly, these games are people killing for fun. And I think traditionally in movies, there's always been some kind of lesson in violent movies. Uh, he says this while he's out promoting the movie he's doing with The Rock, Faster, which yeah. is supposedly one of the most violent movies released this year. Where the Rock just doesn't say anything, he just walks to people and kills them. Just, There's no even like... Just Woody. kills motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. In the face. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but he went on to explain himself uh, as, as to why he's doing Faster. This movie doesn't say, oh, here's this fun guy and we're going to do this tongue-in-cheek character right out, right out of a video game likes to destroy things and all this kind of thing. This movie actually shows what prisons create, what murder creates. It shows this perpetual, violent string of events. He obviously hasn't played the new um, Call of Duty is the biggest franchise in the world right now. The new Call of Duty game, Black Ops, with Sam Worthington playing in Alaska as an Australian. Uh-huh. And uh, Ed Harris is in it, and yep. so is Eric Foreman. Yeah, and the opening, the menu screen is your, you see yourself tied to a chair. Like, you're being interrogated. All the game, all the, the, the levels are flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, you're being interrogated and telling them when you invaded Cuba or when you went to Vietnam or whatever like that. But you're actually tied to the chair for it. So I think that's the consequence right there. You're being interrogated and you're getting, like, electric cattle prods and the nuts and shit. So you're not Sam Worthington, but you're seeing through his eyes. Oh really? Yeah. I would I would like to see Sam Worthington <laughs> get a cow problem. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Speaking of actors, um, Wesley Snipes is going to be getting himself um, familiar with a whole new type of blade. Yep. Three years. He's gone to jail for three years, so he's going to get all shivved up in there. <laughs> Wesley Snipes going to jail. Yeah, so he has officially become Nino Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so this is for what was it? It's for willful. I believe we discussed like before. tax fraud, right? Yeah, but it was willful tax fraud because he was doing all this other shit about like saying I'm not a resident of the United States and you know my the United States didn't we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. <laughs> all that kind of shit. He was doing everything. He crazy ass. I read that GQ article on this. Yeah, he was yeah, doing yeah. insane stuff. I never got it. Never got what the, the, the note. We never got it. But we have no. It was me. Nope. No. Uh, no. You know, you're Wesley Snipes. It's a little difficult to keep a low profile. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, how can you go? How can you say you're not a resident of the United States? <laughs> uh, the willfully fuck? failing to file tax returns and obstructing the United States Internal Revenue Service. Three years. 
that's, Fuck. that's insane, man. Yeah. Three he'll years. Got, he'll go to celebrity prison. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Tony Matter signed before they make. Actually, you never know. With people like him, you know, like uh, for, like supposed hard asses like him. Yeah. Just for the hell of it, they might send him like. You know, it'll be like tango and cash. You know, they they think they're going to that that minimum security place where they get to play golf every day, yeah, yeah. and then suddenly they get taken to this maximum security place. The same thing will probably happen to him. Yeah, it'll be it'll be what's that what's that boxing movie he did in prison? It's like uh, Invincible or Undefeated with Ving Rhames. Yeah, Undefeated uh, with Ving Rhames. I just think of Hurricane all the time. <laughs> no, that's Denzel Washington. I know. <laughs> that's why I just keep thinking of that. Oh God! Did you hear about um, Dan Aykroyd? Confirming uh, Ghostbusters um, three. Ghostbusters rumors. bullshit. This is just vaporware. I know, I know. It's like you don't. I don't even know what to think about this. You know what was what was he's like saying that Bill Hader might be Bill involved. Hader. Yeah, Anna Faris. It's like uh, says that um, Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver are definitely returning. Oh really? The it, report I said he didn't say uh, Dan Aykroyd definitely was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dan Aykroyd's been. Sorry, not Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Bill, Bill Murray. Murray has been on the fence totally. Although yeah. he turned up to the Spike Awards in his gear. Yeah. But uh, apparently Dan Aykroyd confirmed it, that Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver are definitely returning. Mm -hmm. And that Eliza Dushku is uh, also in talks for a role as well. Yeah. It's like, the more, the more I hear, Will Forte is another one. I, I, it's gone to a point now where I don't even want to see this movie anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it was a very fleeting moment for me. It was like pure nostalgia. Just the idea of seeing them together again would have been nice. But if they're going for this whole new generation Ghostbusters thing and passing the baton, I'm not really interested, to be honest with you. No. Um, the, one of the reports I would rather wait till they're all dead and then just remake it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, because we all know what the Ghostbusters look like now. Mm. They don't look that hot. No. <laughs> it's going to be retarded. It's going to be like when uh, Harrison Ford put the fedora back on for Indiana Jones. Yeah. And it's like trying to watch Harrison Ford run is just hysterical. I always remember, <laughs> is, is it Patriot Games or Clearing Present Danger when he gets sent to meet this guy and it's like they get the, 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 the roadblock and there's the guy with the rocket launcher and he's running away. From, he goes back to help somebody and he's running away from the car as the, the rocket launcher hits it and he's just, he's got a gammy leg. Yeah, it's he kind of stumbles, I, he kind of rolls as he long. It's Clearing Pleasant Danger, I think. Clearing Pleasant Danger. Clearing Present <laughs> That's, that's been happening with the medication. <laughs> I've noticed I've been saying shit like that. <laughs> In other news, there's not a terrible amount of news this week. No, it's actually been uh, pretty, well, I wouldn't say quiet, but there's been a lot of not bullshit. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Gore Verbinski was, was confirmed as the uh, director for Lone Ranger. Yeah. But, but then again, that's been, again, that's been bandied around for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, he was now. originally going to, he was going to direct Bioshock the movie and that never yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. That, that's moved on. So again, it's all just talks, talks. At one point, George Clooney was rumored to play the, uh, the title character and, uh, the, but Johnny Depp, uh, who at, along with those, uh, at the same time when uh, the whole George Clooney rumors were out, Johnny Depp was rumored as Tonto and he is still attached. Oh, really? Yeah, Johnny Depp is still attached to play Tonto. He's a bit old for Tonto now, though, I think. He's a bit white for Tonto. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've seen Dead Man, you were great in that. It's like, why would you want to play that? Uh, I mean, for those of you who don't know, uh, The Lone Ranger was a radio series in 1933 and went into a television series. The Women uh, Tell Overture. Yeah, and um, Tonto... Uh, that the character that Johnny Depp is attached to play was the Lone Ranger's Native American sidekick. Yeah. So, not the character you'd expect Johnny no. Depp to play. I mean, I, I know Johnny Depp's quirky and everything, but there's a limit, yeah. you know? <laughs> is he gonna be all... He's Native American, though. Huh? He's part Native American. Yeah, little part. So that's just a small part. His pinky. It's a small part. Keanu Reeves is gonna play a Japanese samurai. <laughs> he's, he's quarter Chinese, it's all good. <laughs> Because in Hollywood, that makes you Japanese. Yeah. You know, it's like shit. If the you know lead character has got some Asian blood in it, what more do you want from us? Yeah. Okay, I take it back. I didn't know John. I didn't know Johnny Depp was had Native American blood. <laughs> in him. 
Blood. 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 Not enough though. Not enough. Not enough to play Tonto. He's got naked American blood. He keeps it in a bucket at the back. They need to do. They need to get Graham Greene back in here and do some of that X Men Three Last Stand uh, effects on him. Graham Greene dances oh. at wolves. He who? He Gra- did the. He did. It, yeah. He did what? The, the what? The young effect or what? What are you talking? No, about? no, no, no. But I need to get Graham Greene to play Tonto. Just do the X Men Three uh, special special effects, young 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 makeup effects on him, because he's too old to do it now. Oh, who's Graham Greene? Graham Greene from Dances and Wolves. Oh, the the guy <laughs> from. Um, Northern Exposure? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, he should be back then, though, right? Yeah. The yeah. big guy? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, or, okay, let's get, let's get West Duty. Just fuck it, let's get Kevin Costner. Why not? <laughs> let's get Christian Slater. Get me, get me, get, get Danny Trejo to play Tonto. <laughs> <laughs> get Johnny Depp to play the Lone Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp is the Lone Ranger and Danny Trejo's, fuck, I would, Johnny I would Trejo be, would be good. I would just like, dissing the Lone Ranger. What are you talking about? <laughs> that would be You're awesome. Stupid man. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, Justin Justin Hayes also wrote uh, Revolutionary Road, and the clearing has uh, adapted the screenplay Whoa. for uh, the, the Lone clearing. Ranger. Yeah, the clearing. Revolutionary Road, yeah. Os- Oscar movie. What Kate, Kate Winslet plays uh, Tonto. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Sarah plays Tonto. <laughs> <laughs> And this is my native guide. Mm, yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> Go get it, Tonto. But it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the last bit of news I have before we go to trailers. Oh, there's two bits of news. Uh, first of all, we have the first photo from the new George Dredd movie, simply called Dredd. Dredd. With uh, uh, Carl Urban with, as the title character. Yeah, so this photo first came out. For those of you who don't know what Dredd looks like, well, you're fucked because it's going to be hard to explain. But, um, you know, he's got a metal helmet. He's got these big fucking shoulder pads and shit on. It's usually, it's usually, literally, yeah. it's the only. Well, it, it's, mean, a, it's a fucking leather bodysuit what he wears normally. Yeah. Big well, boots. I mean, I mean, cast cast your memory back to the uh, Stallone version. Uh, not, and then then and then cast that out of your mind. Completely. Yes, you know, <laughs> but take but if you can uh, cast your memory back to the Stallone version and look at his costume, uh, the parts that weren't uh, Jean Paul Gaultier tights. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what he looked like. The badge, yeah, the, yeah. the eagle on the wing, and the uh, other side is the kind of a, a pauldron or whatever like that they call yeah. them. And, it looks uh, badass. Yeah, the helmet doesn't look cool. badass. The shoulders don't look quite. The eagle's not quite so big. I can't even see the eagle on this one, so I'm not 100 percent sure. What's this is great there. TV. Yeah, great TV. Yeah, go <laughs> just go online. I mean, if you're a fan of this shit, chances are you've already probably seen this anyway yeah but uh i mean the helmet does look a little bit big yeah it does look like if he turns his head really fast the helmet will fly it's, like, it's a bubble head <laughs> yeah looks like a bit like yeah, yeah, bobbling yeah. around the whole time yeah he's on your dash he's on your dash but aside from that i mean like in terms of the tone and the color palette and everything it looks i mean it, it i mean there's only so much you can tell. tell yeah. <laughs> there is a, there were some set photos which supposedly show the walls of Mega City One, but I think they did put them around something, so there was like just normal shutters in the middle. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of very basic look. We'll I'll get we'll get more as it's, it's shooting in South South Africa at the moment, but. Mm-hmm. which means low budget. <laughs> Although Alex Garland is writing the script, yes, and uh, that is something to be excited about. Very much so. Uh, Alex Garland, Alex Garland, he uh, he wrote uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. Did he also write Twenty Eight Weeks Later? No. Uh, he no, wrote 28 so. Days Later. He also was uh, the author the of uh, The Beach, the and novel. Tesseract. The novel, yep, and Tesseract. He was involved in the movie somehow, though, wasn't he? Uh, no, but he, he also wrote uh, Sunshine. Yeah. Which was a very cool film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, I got the Buffy news up there, yeah? I don't really give a shit about this. I mean, I give a shit about it enough to, to know that it's going to piss off a lot of geeks, but I never really got into Buffy to care. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 Buffy's charms were completely lost on me. You gotta wait the third season. Get sexy. That's that's a lot of time. 
<laughs> Skip to the third season. It's a lot of time. I think it, that was a great show. It was great. Very uh, had the snap. It had a lot of no, great I mean, dialogue. I, I like. I, I am a fan of uh, of Joss Whedon's stuff. It's yeah. just that uh, for some strange reason, Buffy and Angel just never. I just didn't connect. No, I didn't connect. Well, they're pretty good. But uh, Joss Whedon came out to you know come out and say that. Um, this is a sad, sad reflection on our times when people must feed off the carcasses of beloved stories from their youths just because they can think they can't think of an original idea for their own. Like I did with my Avengers movie that I made up myself. <laughs> he also went for on the, to say that those, our vampire is still cool now. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, this is uh, in regards to a, a reboot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. which is one of Joss Whedon's most beloved creations. It was a film, um, I think it was a, a film in 1992 yeah. uh, with um, Christy Swanson and... Uh, uh, Donald Sutherland, yeah, and uh, and then I, and that, but that movie didn't do too well, and then it was translated into the small screen by Joss Whedon, yeah. and it was on it was on the it was on the small screen that the uh, the character thrived, and I mean for all intents and purposes, it is a huge it has a huge cult following. Yeah, it never it never connected with me, but you know I can't deny that it's it's uh, its impact on pop culture yeah. is uh, significant. So to do a reboot. Uh, and not involve Joss Whedon, which is the case this time. Even, I mean, it, from a publicity standpoint, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, even just to say they have money against creative consultant or some something made up fucking something. title. But uh, to, to boot him out of it entirely. And I was also like. Um, well, they're probably so smart from all the comments he's given about Firefly. It's Fox, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Fox! Actually, I thought um, Buffy was Warner Brothers. It is Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway. But, uh, so yeah, th this has pissed off quite a few people, Joss Whedon uh, also included. Yeah. But I think um, they're not allowed to use any of the characters from the TV version. Only, only the movie Only the version. movie characters. Only the movie characters. So no yeah. Xander, no Willow. No. No, oh, that's pity. Something to do with the rights. Yeah, probably. Because they're owned by Mutant Enemy. Grr, arg. Characters <laughs> created by Joss Whedon. There you go. Um, I don't know much news apart from that. Apart from there was a raft of trailers that came out since two weeks since we did our uh, previous podcast. There's been a, there's been a lot of trailers. I just got one more bit to say because this just cracks me up. Uh, do you remember we were talking about like when um, Lindsay Lohan, she, she was having all of her trouble, but her comeback movie was supposed to be a biopic on Linda, Linda Lovelace. Lovelace yeah. yeah. Well, that's over. <laughs> that's over. Comeback postponed. <laughs> that uh, supposed career comeback movie. She has been replaced by Malin Ackerman, who mm. is Silk Spectre in Watchmen. Yeah. Silk. Rubber. Silk. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know why. She's kind of funny this looking. This kind of cracked me up. I Ooh. think Malin Ackerman's kind of weird looking. Mal Malin Ackerman's funny. Well, she, she's, a, she's a weird looking chick. Wasn't it, she? Is she the annoying chick in that Ben Stiller movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The heartbreak kid. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, she was hot in Watchmen. Well, I'm surprised we kept it this long, but uh, previous podcasts, we were talking about how there was going to be a new Green Lantern trailer uh, announced on the Tuesday, mm -hmm. which was two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, that came out, and that's now available on Apple iTunes. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think? Uh, well, when, when, I, when we saw the, uh, the teaser of the teaser that was being done on Entertainment Weekly, I must confess I was uh, scared shitless. Yeah, taking it back. It, it looked horrible. Yeah. Uh, now, this new trailer that's come out, the tone is still a little iffy. Yeah. You, you still don't quite know what kind of movie you're going to get in terms of the tone. It, it looks like it could go a little... It could veer they gotta, just a, they, I think they're kind of aiming for Iron Man, but the spacey bit's kind of like destable that one. Yeah, yeah, because the spacey bits are awesome. Yeah. I really... I mean, like, uh, it looks like the comic. Yeah, so... Uh, but, whenever they, but whenever they show him back on Earth, 
It's like it, it's you're right. It, it looks like it could. He opens be, his mouth and he's goofy. Yeah, it opens its mouth. He opens his mouth and he's you know Ryan Reynolds from the proposal, not Ryan Reynolds from Barrett. Mm. You know what I mean? And it kind of just worries you a little bit. I know that the chicks aren't, aren't going to give a shit. Yeah. You know because you know because one's holding. They know they know who they're selling it to, right? I mean, like as soon as the first thing you see of him, he doesn't have a shirt on. So there you he go. Doesn't have his pants on either. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't have his pants on either. The next shot you see of him, he's on. He's taking his pants off again. <laughs> so you know they know who they're. The rest of the movie, he's in a skin tight green rubber suit. There you go. Which was probably wasn't even there. Yeah. It's CG'd on. Mm. And that's another thing. It looks like it's CG'd on. Just think about that, ladies. He was naked the whole time. That's right. Why are we helping oh, yeah. this movie to sell tickets? <laughs> um, no, but I want this movie to be really good because I am a Green Lantern fan and mm. I am a I am a Ryan Reynolds fan and I want this movie to be good. And the the, the effects of the character they didn't show any watch uh, any Owens, but they did show Kilowog. Yeah, and Kilowog looks awesome. Sinistro looks cool. Sinistro looks very cool. Mark Strong. And uh, what's the fish head guy? Uh, He's in it briefly, I think. If, it, some, if you freeze frame, there's a lot of little extra bits you can see. Right, I didn't see that. Like even the this the the, the first flight, his first real flight will control as opposed to in the ring. I think the plot's gonna be that he finds Evan Sir in the ring and then he goes straight to Oa mm-hmm. and gets his power battery and then comes back and then the Hector Hammond stuff starts. Mm-hmm. We see your first uh, looks of um, Peter Skarsgård as, yep. uh, as looks, normal normal yep. Hector and big head Hector. Yep, looks cool. Mm. Looks cool. You don't see any Tim Robbins. No. Or Angela Bassett. No. Although. There's been a lot of uh, guff on the internet about uh, Blake Lively because, unfortunately, all the lines she has in this trailer are shit. Crap, are like, you know, crap, crap lines. You're late. Today. Yeah. It's important. It looks very stilted. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't look like she's blending into this comic book world well at all. But it could be just the scenes. It could be. It could be. Uh, but it's, uh, it's... I am excited about it. I saw enough good shit there that I am excited about it. My yeah. only concern is that I just hope that they don't veer too much towards uh, goofiness. Well, it's summer 2011, right? Yeah. So they've got a good while as well. They'll probably work on the effects of the suit because that's the kind of thing they can continue yeah. to work yeah. on. Yeah. There are, I mean, like, there are some bits where it's like, it, it, it just doesn't, some, it just doesn't look the right. The scene where you see him, where he's fl- he flies in and he kind of kicks someone in front of a big... Yeah, 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 thing. yeah. yeah. It looks, first of all, it looks like bad wires. Yeah. And then, second of all, he's like, he's leaving a vapor trail. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A trail of pure Ryan. <laughs> it's his aroma. It's his body odor. It does, it is a bit weird. Yeah. It is a bit weird, certain parts of it. There's definitely some stuff to clean up. But having said that, I am pumped for this movie. And if you want to see that, that's on Apple... Apple.com slash trailer slash Green Lantern. Yeah. Don't get it confused with the Green Hornet, which also had a new trailer the other day, which made it look a little bit better as well. Mm-hmm. That seems to, to emphasize the funny more than uh, anything else. Mm-hmm. There's a party going on. I, I didn't see it. No, it's all right. I, I don't know. It's like, I, I just, uh, for some strange reason, I just cannot get excited about the Green Hornet. Yeah, well, it was never that exciting. <laughs> I, do, I don't know why. I mean, it's just, the car is cool, but that's it. Another one that I got strangely excited about was the uh, oh strangely uh, was the Little Red Riding Hood trailer by Catherine Hardwick starring Amanda Siegfried mm-hmm. uh, this is very moody looks very cool and the little, little Red Riding Hood she wears this fucking huge like ridiculously um, impractical cape for the middle ages kind of thing she's going to be covered in mud and shit for the whole movie but um, it's beautifully shot like there's a lot of snow with the cape standing out and she's mm-hmm. in love with some guy who's in the woods and the wolf is a werewolf Oh, really? And Gary Oldman's in it as, like, the town elder, who you know is going to be all up in her face about, Oh, you slut! You must burn! Because <laughs> he's totally kind of doing all that. The whole, you will get your comeuppance, the wolf is coming. <laughs> so that, it, it looks like it's quite interesting now, actually, because, you know, Catherine Hedrick directed the first Twilight, right? Yep. Yeah, and then she got shafted. Yep. You, you, you say that like you're a fan of the first Twilight. No. So, no, seen. so what would it matter if the director of the first Twilight is directing Little Red Riding Hood? Well, she wants someone that, she's going for the werewolf. Man. <laughs> 
there does definitely seem to be a Twilight vibe at this because like, unfortunately I can't really tell because most of the men folk apart from Gary Oldman look identical they're all like you know there's a Twilight vibe to this movie? Well, there's two guys. There seems to be like there's one guy dressed in black. It could be the werewolf, or it could not be the werewolf. And there's another guy dressed in like like earthy tones. But they're hard to tell apart. And I'm not sure whether there's going to be a love triangle or what the fuck's going on there. But visually, it looks good. Right. It looks sumptuous. All right. Which is what it needs. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Another trailer I was very happy to see was the Cowboys and Aliens. This trailer. looks awesome. Now, you, you hadn't seen the. I didn't. I wasn't there the, the, at the, the Comic Con uh, one. Yeah. But so, look, it, is this a lot of that Comic Con footage then? Um, no, there's more other footage. Like that was the tra- They showed two segments like before the aliens attack, where he's in the, the trailer. Uh huh. Leading up to that, uh, two little bits where he like walks into town and he gets cleaned up and stuff. Because you see that the trailer apparently there's. They got uh, MTV News got uh, John Favreau to do a commentary on the trailer. Yeah. Because I guess the first time I've done this, I've had to do trailers for mo- or commentaries for movies, but never commentary for a trailer for a teaser for a movie. Yeah. But um, he's talking about, and literally the first shot of the trailer apparently is the first shot of the movie. Oh, excellent. With um, Daniel Craig just waking up in the middle of the desert with a weird metal thing on his wrist and covered in shit. Cool. And uh, he's an amnesiac and he doesn't know what's going on, and then the aliens attack. But, but uh, it, it looks totally Western. It does, and uh, Daniel Craig looks awesome in it. I'm, mm. I'm actually quite glad that uh, that he replaced Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, like uh, he's got it, edge because yeah, you know, because initially, for those of you who don't know, Robert Downey Jr. was originally supposed to um, be reteaming with John Favreau for this after the first Iron Man. Yeah, and I think it was because of Sherlock Holmes, right, mm-hmm. that he wasn't able to fit it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, now seeing the trailer and seeing the tone of the film that, uh, that that was being made, I'm actually very glad that Robert Downey Jr. wasn't able to do it. Yeah, not, as, I mean, as a it would have been a very different movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was Robert I mean, Downey Jr. That, that, not to say it would have been a bad movie, it would have been a very different movie. William and, Cra- uh, Daniel Craig just stares, and yeah. it's brilliant. And, and very few people stare like, like Daniel yeah. Craig. He's a professional scare. He's a professional scare. I was going to say scare. There's a shot at the end of that where like he takes down... Goddamn medicine! He's got a... He's got a hand cannon on his arm for some fucking reason, but it's kind of that's a big. Pop it's the takedown aliens. Yeah, but there's just, he takes down an alien, and he's just standing there with the cowboy hat on, the thing around his wrist, and his, the way he's standing is total high noon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it just looks like flawless cowboy. Mm-hmm. And that, looks, that, looks that, awesome. that image alone, I want to post with that. That just looks cool. It also stars uh, Harrison Ford. Paul and- Dano's not in the trailer at all. I love not a single scene know, of no, Paul no, Dano. I love Paul Dano. Olivia Wilde's in Olivia it. Olivia Wilde's in it. Olivia Wilde is, fuck, what the hell, man? Tron and then this? She's never gone back to House. No, never. <laughs> she, she finally got her name on the opening credits. This is the thing with House. They're always a season behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when they changed the three Doctors mm-hmm. on House, mm-hmm. like, for a whole season, they weren't in it. Their names were still on the uh, titles, mm-hmm, and yeah, all the yeah. people who were in it, they didn't get their names on the titles. <laughs> Olivia Wilde gets her names on the titles in the latest one, and then she fucks off to make movies, so she's in like one episode. <laughs> Jesus. There you go. Cal Penn is hating her right now. There you go. He never even got his name in the front titles. He disappeared before then. Because he's Cal Penn. He's Cal Penn. And Olivia Wilde's hair smells of Pantene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have got her to sign something. Should have got her to sign something. You signed my face! <laughs> You signed my chest. I've got a sharpie. I've been working out. <laughs> there literally was nothing else we could say to him that if we were. What are we gonna up. say? What I'm drunk. Say? Oh, I love you, wild. I love you in the house. What are we gonna say? There's nothing you could say <laughs> that's going to endear yourself to these people. <laughs> we are nothing. Then I stood in line behind Joseph, uh, the director for coffee, the following day. I was like, oh, he's tall. Oh, it's the guy from Toronto. Oh, I shouldn't say something. <gasps> Uh, Can I get two lattes, please? <laughs> Tron lattes! <laughs> I'll take 
I'll take those to go. Flynn. <laughs> I am your father. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but uh, back to you, Cowboys and... Aliens. Cowboys and aliens. <laughs> Harrison Ford's playing a badass, which is He good. looks cool. He looks cool. And he's, he's got craggy. Yeah, yeah. No, Harrison Ford, I think, from now on, should just play grumpy old men. Yeah. That's all he should do. He should do. go into the... Do not what smile. It? What was it? The, the... We know you don't mean it. Don't smile. Is it Robert Newman? What's his name? Yeah. Newman? Paul Newman. Paul Newman. When Paul Newman... Did, what was it? Somebody's full? Everybody's full? Nobody's full. Nobody's full. Like, he was quiet for a long time. Then he did that. Yeah. And then he did irascible old gents. Yeah. For a long time. And yeah. I think Harrison Ford should just do that. Yeah. And then he did Road to Perdition. Yes. And then he did Cars. Yes. And then he was Audi 5000. <laughs> but the world may rejoice for he left us all the salad dressing we can use. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> And I say this as a fan. Paul, yeah. if you're up there, and I know you're up there, if not a chance, would you be down there with Dennis Hopper? <laughs> Paul, if you're up there and you're listening, I want you to know, fan for life. We love you, man. There you go. And that's the verdict. Yeah. There's <laughs> a nice little trailer I saw. I don't know if you've heard of this. A movie called Predicament? Uh, no. It kind of came to light because, um, what's his name? J Jermaine Clement from The Flight of the Concords. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, uh, upcoming Men in Black 3. Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He's, I guess he's playing an alien because he kind of looks like one. <laughs> well, that okay. That would make. This sense. looks like a nice little character piece. It's about like a load of like uh, New Zealand down and outs kind of. For some reason, Jermaine Clarent is like way paler than the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I think they're short on cash and need to do stuff, so they decide to start blackmailing people. Mm -hmm. But then they kind of don't really even do the blackmail because they can't afford a camera, so they just buy a flash. So they're like, they know all the people in town are having affairs and all this kind of stuff. So they started like, or they happen upon one couple doing it. Mm -hmm. And then they start, you know, flashing them with blackmail and make cash. And it's like, they need the cash because Jermaine claimed, oh, I need the money. Got nowhere to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's the level. But he's like, he's pitch black. Right. He's like, did you wearing black clothes? He's black and white. He's like, he walked off on a black and white movie. His skin is totally white in this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure the other two guys didn't recognize enough like the other actors. Something weird in the tra in the poster in the trailer of like they've stacked all this shit. I don't know whether he's building a house out of crap or something, but it does look like like what the Lady Killers should have been, mm -hmm. like the old school Lady Killers. You yep. know, it's kind of a comedy of errors, but like a little bit of a black comedy as well. This looks pretty good. I definitely recommend looking at the trailer. I'm going to be looking out for this when it comes out. Hopefully, it's not just an art kind of festival release because it looks really, really good. Sweet. Yeah. Um, some animated trailers I saw as well, which are just. Weird. Um, Did you see the trailer for um, Source Code? Yes. What did you think of that? So Source Code is a movie from Duncan Jones. Um, yes, uh, the director of Moon. With Moon, which is a great movie, starring um, uh, what? The, what Gilman Moon? Hall. No, so, no, Source Code. Uh, Source Code is well. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Source Code is uh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, Vera Mar Mar Vera Vera Mar Farmiga. <laughs> Amelia <laughs> and uh, Michelle Monaghan, who I who I like very much. She, yeah, I mean, it starts with him on a train, and then he's like the train crashes and explodes, and he wakes up in this box, and he's like he's in the source code. It looks a lot like I mean I haven't watched all of Deja Vu, but it looks very much like Deja Vu. It's in like that. it's like Deja Vu meets Groundhog Day meets The Matrix meets uh, fucking Internal Sunshine. Yeah, so they, they, <laughs> they seemingly they can capture the last eight minutes of someone's life, and then he plays it back through it, but he can change things, which just yeah. doesn't make any sense. So. Uh, maybe there's something else that they're and not showing keeps the going, While he keeps going back, he keeps like uh, meeting, uh, falling, in love, falling, in, love, falling in love with Michelle Monaghan, who, who also dies, and so he's got to go back, and because he wants to save her, because you know he's 
because like eight minutes is all you need to just get to know someone and realize that you want well, to save their life. Times. He does, he does it a few times. He does it a few times. How many times do you have to fucking do it yeah. to, to for it to be to, for it to make one date? But the thing is, that's a lot of. It's a, it's a, a, it's a simulation. Back. I mean, it, I mean, they, they, they why did they pick this doofus who can't understand? It's a video game. You can't save her. She's already dead. So that's some that's a concept they didn't get across in the movie at all. Because if that if it is just him being a dumbass, yeah, that's yeah. going to be stupid. So I did I didn't I didn't yeah, get, yeah, I didn't yeah. like it very much because it literally it, was I can go back I can save her and I, the, the, the people who invented the machine are like well no please let me go back and try. But it's like you, you can't. It's <laughs> I'm Jake Gyllenhaal and my last movie sucked it's, and I need to make this movie good because I it's will a video not be, game, I will you know? not go down in history as the Prince of Persia. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. Really? I heard it was terrible. I told you what I thought. Uh, yeah, I know. And other people have told me what they thought of it as well. They the, said it sucked. The one scene I did like was him at the at the doors of the train trying to figure out to jump out of the station know, at full speed. <laughs> and he's like one, two, and then he jumps, and you see his ankle go right over at yeah, like yeah, sixty yeah. miles an hour, and it's like, oh, I'll leave a mark. That looked kind of good. That got that got me a bit more interested. But again, it's like they're they're not explaining it very well. They need no. to explain it no. better. I I would agree. I'd agree. Animated-wise, I saw the worst teaser I've ever seen in my entire life for a new movie called Hop. I'm not 100% sure who's doing this, but um, James Marsden plays Fred, an out-of-work slacker who accidentally injures the Easter Bunny, who's voiced by Russell Brown. Oh, really? And he must take... The real real, um, Easter Bunny? Yeah, yeah, the little bunny. And he must take him in as he recovers. As Fred struggles with the world's worst house guest, both learn what it takes to finally grow up. Now, this sounds like the episode of Family Guy where he broke Death's ankle. Yeah. (laughs) It does, it does, yes. (laughs) And the trailer is terrible. It shows shows a bunny. I'm not sure whether Fred turns into a bunny or whether this is the Russell Band character. It shows an annoyingly cute bunny carrying a drum kit across screen and then setting it up and then playing the drums to song two. And that's it. That's it. And literally, the opening part of song two, you know, by Blur. Yeah. It's just it's competent drum playing. There's nothing showy about it. Doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Even when it gets going, he's just playing the drums like a jobbing fucking drummer. Yeah. And then it ends. And I'm like, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> Seriously, you spent how many millions of dollars rendering, animating, generating this piece of shit, and it's 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 a fucking screensaver that you have on your laptop. I need the money. You know, it's literally the worst teaser. I am now officially hating this movie for no reason, just because of a stupid trailer. It's like who in marketing thought this is a good idea? Is it is it even worse than remember that teaser trailer for Rango when that first came out? That fucking fish. <laughs> that, that that fucking fish. Fish just floating across the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. After seeing the second trailer, I like that trailer a lot. I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck's going? On? I, I I I agonized over that. Rango trailer for hours. <laughs> I was like scanning every pixel. Is there something in the background halfway through? No. Is that a shadow? No. No. no this teaser really is that that shit. It's a freeze frame of a fish going, a plastic fish flying across the screen in the desert. Okay, so but the lizard he won't leave long. <laughs> I watched the trailer again on Friday, and I, I want to see it again. I want to see, see that it's movie. It's genius. I, I can't wait for that movie. You're strange. We don't talk kind of strange. He is playing Hunter S. Gecko. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what? Huh? Blend in. Blend in. It's like, what is it? What's going on? <laughs> That's all he says in the trailer. What? 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 <laughs> so fuck hop go see Rango <laughs> the other one I saw was for Mars Needs Moms 
What? Mars needs moms. Ma- Mars needs moms. It's basically about a kid's book that's say that say that five times really fast. Mars needs moms. 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 Fuck. Marmite. But that's it's based on a kid's book where the Martians need mothering, so they kidnap moms from all over the place. And a kid, which freaked me out, is played by Seth Green. Oh yeah. And they put him through the helium machine. Because I can you can tell you know Seth Green is like what 28, 30 now. You can, the, this is Oz from Buffy. You can tell it's his voice because he's got a very laconic kind of stoner delivery. Yeah. But it's beating up pretty high. Why are they taking my mom? Where are you going? It literally sounds like he's doing that for the whole thing. Um, and then he goes to Mars and there's a guy living up there who somehow got stuck up there and the, the Martians are kidnapping all the mothers and he's got to kidnap his mom back. It looks goofy as all hell. Like the, 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 the astronaut he meets looks like uh, Dax Shepard from Zarathura. Mm-hmm but like more over the top. He's a big fat guy. He's like, oh, let's go flying. It's like, it's really <laughs> goofy. So I don't know. I thought that because the, the, the book this is based on, I've seen bits of it and it, it, it's quite nicely illustrated and it's very subtle. It's one of those books like The Wild Things, where I think, where there's not much text. It's very much just the painterly art style and stuff. So I don't know if they've captured that, but uh, yeah, it's better than Hop. <laughs> that's, that, that's Everything just, that's, from there That's on. just going to be like, it's better than Hop. Yeah, I had diarrhea last week. It was better than Hop. <laughs> At least the trailer. <laughs> did you see these? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, so did I talk about this before? Um, we did talk a little bit about the uh, costumes, but we didn't talk about th- this specific photo shoot. Yeah, so the, just to finish off the news then, I think we've got more news? No, that's it. Um, Spider-Man, turn, turn off, off the, the dark. dark. Is it turn off the dark? Yeah, turn off the dark. <laughs> so this is, we talked about this before, this is the um, Broadway show that Bono's involved with. Yeah, um, that Julie Taymor is Julie directing. Julie directing. The, uh, Julie Taymor is the only ray of light in this whole fucking thing for yeah. me. It's like, I'm just, please God, don't screw this up. Not that I'll ever get the chance to see it, but yeah. they released uh, more... No, these were these were p- pictures done by Anne Leibovitz. Yes, I know, Anne Leibovitz. Like, and my God, she's gone downhill. Yep. Because this sucks. These are, these are fucking god-awful. <laughs> the Spider-Man suit does all look all right there, but the, the Green Spider-Man, Goblin... The Spider-Man suit, like, the Green Goblin looks, looks like... Looks like the bike rider like from... The, he looks like the bike rider from Mad Max. Looks like green. the Green Fag. Yeah. <laughs> and Carnage looks like he's got big head syndrome. Carnage... I mean, like, the rest of it, aside from the size of his fucking face, actually looks relatively decent. Mm. But why they decided to make his head like that... Twice that big is just weird. Yeah! <laughs> He's just got his mouth oh, open yeah, the whole I know, time. I know, I know. Oh no, oh no, oh yeah! There is, I didn't get a chance to watch this morning, but apparently there are some TV spots up there showing the thing and up in action, and apparently there's a giant rhino head. Like, the rhino. Is, is it playing and already? No, no, but they've, they've had some TV spots. It's starting soon, so, um... I, there's a giant... There's any, a, any idea what the... how the ticket sales are? No idea. Would, would you go? Would you see this piece of shit? It's a car crash. <laughs> get wasted and go. Green. <laughs> I mean, there's something else as well. The Bono said that he based uh, uh, Norman Osborn's character off Ted would, Turner. Would you have uh, Would you have any interest in going to see a Spider-Man musical on Broadway? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Zero hesitation. Even if it was, uh, even if the, even if it was directed by Julie Taymor, the director of Lion King and uh, Tempest and uh, and Titus. Well, and, not uh, the movie Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Broadway the Lion Bro- King. Yeah. The Broadway Lion King, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, but I was thinking like Jimmy Taymor and Lion King and be all like, you know, giant billowing things and fucking what's his name? Alan Cumming playing Simba. <laughs> and with music by Bono. <laughs> That's the clincher. That's the clincher. No, but yeah, but these pictures look fucking retarded. Yeah, this looks terrible. These are online. These are on the Daily Mail. You can find these Daily Mail on Libowitz and um, 
Looks like someone vomited on the fucking camera. <laughs> Especially the second one. They were vomiting on blood. <laughs> but but yeah, Carnage is really like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, really, it looks like he's just about to break into jazz hands. I know. Like, yeah, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I'm going to eat you, Spider-Man. <laughs> Don't fuck? make musicals about superheroes yeah. or movies, please. Yeah. Well, it looks better than Hop. Mm. <laughs> this is teaser. <laughs> I had diarrhea last week. It was better than Hop. <laughs> I had the hops. It was better than Hop. <laughs> um, also, I actually forgot about this news as well. Where um, how long ago was it when Michael Bay said, "Can you imagine one of my movies in 3D"? Um, I believe it was not long after Transformers 2 came out. Yeah, so he's now saying that, oh, I read these morons on the internet who think they're in the know. You've had, we have problems with our 3D? Really? Come into my edit room and I will show you beautiful 3D. There's never been a live action show that has pushed the boundaries of tree like Transformers 3. We shot the entire movie with 3D cameras. I actually love shooting in 3D. I will give detail, I will give full details of my process on why I like 3D in the next week, right before the Transformers announcement piece comes out on Tron and Narnia. <laughs> Well, no, because well, apparently... He's, he's uh, just Mr. About Face from now on. It literally is. Uh, we're going to have to start taking note of what he's saying in the dates so that a year later we can have him come back and say the exact opposite. Yep. Uh, but apparently we'll, we should be expecting a Transformers 3 trailer in two weeks. Yeah. Yep. Can we go see Tron? <laughs> Narnia. Actually, um, I saw Rapunzel in 3D and the trailer for Narnia looked way better in 3D. I actually uh, want to see this, this, uh, the, the third installment of Narnia because mm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Michael Apted. Mm. I like that guy's stuff. For those of you who don't know, Michael Apted directed Gorillas in the Mist, he directed The World Is Not Enough, he directed, um, um, fucking, what's that movie, uh, Blink, with Madeline Stowe, that blind movie. Oh, I yeah. I like that. And he also directed that movie called, um, with uh, Val Kilmer and Graham Greene, where Val Kilmer plays this half-fucking Navajo Indian, I can't remember what, what it's called. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, uh, I enjoyed it, mm. I remember. Yeah, and also it has uh, Reaper Chief's been, there's no Simon Pegg instead of Eddie Izzard. Reaper Chief's Little Mouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eddie Izzard played him in the previous movie, and in yeah. this one it's uh, Simon Pegg, apparently. Oh, yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I thought the voice sounded familiar. He yeah. looks awesome. He's such a cute yeah. little... Like, he's a little mouse. <laughs> he's a little mouse. And he looks like Simon Pegg. He's got a sorry little hat. <laughs> he's got a little going, oh, please. <laughs> oh, he took him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that looks kind of good. Uh... This is the part of the show where we usually go over any emails, but we don't have any. So if you want to email us in and uh, complain about our how shit hop is. Like how our, our complete lack of organization and what we do. <laughs> yeah. You can email us at podcast.mcgapandfries.com. Once again, that's podcast.mcgapandfries.com. Send me moves! Send me moves! All right. Okay, let's moving on to reviews. I saw Unstoppable, which is uh, the latest film from director Tony Scott. Uh, reteaming him once again for the uh, 378th time with uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, it also stars Chris Pine. Uh, this is um, inspired by a true story. Uh, it's inspired by the Crazy Eights unmanned train incident, which happened in 2001. Uh, the train um, began a 66-mile journey through northwest Ohio with no one at the controls after an engineer got out of the originally slow-moving train to correctly line a switch mistakenly believing he had properly set the train's dynamic braking system, just as his counterpart in the movie did. Uh, his counterpart in the movie is played by Ethan Suplee. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I was expecting <laughs> it to be Chris Pine or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> Chris Pine, Chris Pine and Denzel Washington are the good guys. Ethan Suplee is the dumbass who gets <laughs> who fucks everything up. And he's a fucking moron, dude. So Ethan Suplee is the brother from uh, My Name is Earl. Yeah. And, uh, 
And he was also uh, Willard in uh, Mallrats. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sailboat. Ha <laughs> ha, you dumb bastard. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. Schooner uh, and he's pretty much, take his Mallrats character, plus it with his My Name is Earl's character, with a hint of his American History X character. And that's him. And that's him in this movie. <laughs> and uh, he lost quite a bit of weight, but uh, he really? seems to have put it back on. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's put it back on. I follow his Twitter, he's pretty funny, actually. Is he? Mm. He looks like a funny guy. <laughs> um, but um, this movie, I wasn't expecting much from it. Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Scott, for me, has not been really uh, uh, his, his usual self. Deja Vu? Deja vu, yeah. I Man mean, on fire. He's been falling into a rut, making, and he seems to be only making movies with Denzel Washington. Yes. It's like Deja. Taking a Pelham, Pelham one, two, three. Yep. Denzel Washington. And all that vu. same look as well. Yeah. He uses this, and and this and this movie looks the same as well. Yeah. But uh, this is a Tony Scott movie done right. Mm -hmm. uh, it is actually a very very fun film. It's oh. very intense, um, and it has some um, moments of uh, unexpected humor as well, uh, like the banter between Denzel Washington and Chris Pine. So what's the setup? Because I thought that when, when I heard about you saying the the train thing, I thought like Chris Pine would be the, the idiot who set it off, and they would have to stop it because he's. No, I mean they're they're not at all involved in it until much later. Oh wow! Uh, you got this whole thing with Ethan Suplee and his partner. And uh, Rosario Dawson is their boss, and she's basically like saying, "You're supposed to fucking take these trains out of there." And so that's what they're doing, and and that's when this big fuck up happens, where he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna get out of the train and fucking man the switch. I'll just put it on yeah. the brakes." And then the switch goes, and then the train starts going at full speed. Yeah. And the train is carrying highly explosive uh, fucking molten phenol. Yeah, fucking shit. <laughs> molten phenol. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something they made up, but no, this shit actually. Uh, it's real. It's real. Uh, it's a toxic and ingredient that paints and dyes harmful when it's inhaled, ingested, or comes into contact with the skin. And uh, basically, this whole thing—it's like a—it's like a how it's described in the movie—is that this whole train is a nuclear bomb the size of a skyscraper. Mm -hmm. It's, it, 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 for, for lack of a better word, it's a death train. <laughs> it's a death train. There you go. Only Pierce Brosnan's not in this one. No, Pierce Brosnan's not in this one. Oh fuck! No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Flashback <laughs> to Death Train. <laughs> to Death Train. That movie's awesome. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. uh, so so while so while this fuck up is going on, um, Chris Pine is showing up to work. He's a, he's a new conductor, and he's been partnered up with um, Denzel Washington, who has basically been doing this since you know you get that whole speech. I was doing this shit since you were uh, doing this and all that. Doing that 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 is there you go. And then nobody likes Chris Pine because. Uh, because you know, the whole recession going on and people are like Denzel Washington's age are getting laid off and then these new guys are getting brought in without, without the experience. And also he's um, related to the, to the people who sort of run this whole shit and all that. So nobody likes him to begin with. Yeah. They think that, uh, you know, how much experience do you have? None. Oh, shit. Young, young, young shit. Mm -hmm. So you have that sort of like grizzled old man and the young inexperienced relationship going on between Denzel is a grizzled old man there actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, and you know what? But the, I mean, neat, no no actor gets pushed in this movie. Mm -hmm. Chris Pine's doing what Chris Pine can do, and Denzel Washington. And Denzel Washington's doing what Denzel Washington does. Does he get angry and shout at somebody? Who? Denzel Washington. No. What? Not really. No. No. Only Chris Pine. Hmm? No. 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 No angry shouting. No. No. Not 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 what I would call shouting. It never gets sort of like. I do not concur! No, never gets no, no. It, it never gets to Crimson Tide levels. I like shouty Denzel. <laughs> I like shouty Denzel as well, but no, he's actually kind of cool in this. Uh, I mean, both both actors do a good job, but it's, you know, I mean, you've seen Denzel Washington play this kind of role before. Yeah. And Chris Pine, eventually you do buy him, you do buy him in the role, but it took me a good 10, 15 minutes to buy him because he's just so fucking handsome. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he just turns up. <laughs> you know, from the, fir- this dream boat? the first ten minutes of the movie, it's like you don't think uh, railroad conductors. Yeah. You know, you think fucking Gucci model. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even when and he's got problems with his wife, you know, because he because he's just too good looking. Yeah, you know, he's got problems with his wife. He nearly struck her, but because he's so handsome, she thought that he did strike her. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, she's, he's like, uh, there's a restraining order. He can't see her. He can't see his son. Oh, he's all bummed. And so, like, at the beginning of the movie, he like bummed and good looking. There you go. <laughs> he's he's good looking. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he he calls his wife right. At the Does he get his shirt movie. off? Yeah, the beginning. At <laughs> the, the beginning of the movie, he's like this, like he's shot in this sort of like Tony Scott way. It's like I'm awesome. <laughs> and then he calls his wife right. I'm a train conductor. He calls. My last, I'm Captain Kirk. <laughs> he calls his wife, and then when the wife picks up the phone, he's got like the, you know the photo ID there, and it looks like a blue steel shot. <laughs> <laughs> so it just sort of took me you a little while. You break cheese off those cheekbones. It, it took me a little while, and then it, but there are all these like weird things happening to Chris Pine throughout the movie, like all to do with how handsome he is. It's like whenever he smiles, you realize just how white his teeth are. Yeah. And so he doesn't look like he doesn't look blue collar because his teeth are just pearly white. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he smiles, it's like it doesn't match the rest of. His clothes are all, you know, everything about him is He's well dressed, he's smart looking. You know, it looks like a kind of working, so this whole blue collar thing going on. Then he smiles and it's like, that, you know, that's not a blue collar smile. Yeah. That, that, that's a fucking, it's been painted. It's been capped. <laughs> it's been capped. He's got eyes like a Siberian husky. Has <laughs> <laughs> he got a little curl on his tail, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so while they're so while Denzel Washington and Chris Pine they got their own thing going on and they're like you know, they're they're doing their job yeah. and then when they're finished with their job and they're heading back they 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 happen to be on the same track as this uh, as this um, you know unstoppable train unstoppable train and um, Denzel Washington being the wise old sage that he is figures like no I know how to stop this shit I, I know how to stop this shit all you dumb motherfuckers you don't know how to do anything like all the corporate people like Kevin mm-hmm. Dunn's in it like you know like a like Spike's dad from Transformers, he's he's the guy handling on the corporate side. Kevin Corrigan turns up and helps out Rosario Dawson with some information, and um, and then basically it's just about uh, Denzel and Chris and Chris and Chris Pine going after this fucking train and trying to stop it. And everything that everyone else does doesn't work. Uh-huh. You know they got you know they try and like bar- they try and like derail it and everything doesn't fucking work. So and that's essentially the whole story. Yeah. I mean. It's pretty straightforward. It's an unstoppable. It's in the title. It's an unstoppable train. It's up to these two motherfuckers to stop it. But it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. And, but it's exciting. It's yeah. an exciting movie. It's intense. I mean, it's a Tony Scott joint done right. Cool. So I mean, on that in that regard, I would recommend it. I don't think it's absolutely necessary to see it on the on the big screen. I think you can get just as much impact if you see it in a decent decent sized TV screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, w- I won't actually say that you have to go to the cinema to see it. But if you do, you won't regret it. I am getting that way a little bit with movies. It's like I can wait for DVD for an awful lot of these things. Yeah. Whereas before, I would go see anything. Yeah. But uh, it is a good film. I mean, I I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I was never at any point bored. Okay. So, but but, to watch. but it but yeah. I mean, you don't have to wait to see it in the cinema. You, you can wait for DVD. Hmm. But it is a good flick. Cool beans. All right. Yeah, uh, I went to see uh, Disney's animated latest animated movie, uh, Tangled. Mm-hmm. It's called in the U.S. in some territories and Rapunzel, as it's not anywhere else, which is the story of Rapunzel. All I knew was Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Yeah. Because that's a whole other backstory. <laughs> This adds a whole load of backstory to what's going on about, and as you get this in the first five minutes with Zachary Levi, who's playing um, Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider. His real name is something like Cedric Fitzsimon, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anywho, 
he fills in the whole story that you know there was a, a princess born and the mother was or the the the, 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 the the queen of the kingdom was sick and there's a flower that you know if you use it properly you can revive all ills and there's a woman who uses it and she sings to it and it keeps her young mm-hmm. and then the palace guards take the flower and use it for the, the queen and the baby's born and the baby when you sing to the baby the same song her hair gr- glows and it does the same healing powers right so the old woman played by Donna Murphy kidnaps the kid right and then raises her away because the thing is if you cut the hair it loses its power right so that's why the kid has the long hair I to see, keep I the see. mother young I see, I see, I see. so um, she's been living in her tower the whole time she's reaching the 18th year her parents her real parents every year on her birthday they let off loads of lanterns mm-hmm. you know those kind of lanterns you put off on the beach at Phuket yep. they flow off and like she's always wanted to see what they are she's, you ask someone can I go see those as you can't see those there's ruffians and scallywags outside and that's a great song it is very much a Disney song Type movie, right? Like this is in the same. So, so, so it's in the same vein as Beauty and the Beast, and very much yeah, so. And okay. it, there has been some uh, marketing stuff about this, and that they're saying that um, you know this is the last of these kind of Disney fairy tale movies they're going to do for a while, until they realize that what they do, what everything else they do, would probably be shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it is very much an old school. You know, there are there's a song straight away, and the first song I'm like, ah, oh, shit. But the second song, which is Mother Knows Best, is great. Donna Murphy's actually pretty good in this. She's not evil cackling, you know, she's literally, she's, you know, she's just, a, it's really weird because she gives the daughter such fucked up hang-ups. Yeah. Like, when Rapunzel eventually does, you know, Zachary Levi's character kind of is a bit of a wag, a bit of a scallywag, and he, like, steals something, and he ends up happening upon the tower and trying to hide in there. Right. And when he's in there, you know, she kidna- She beats the shit out of him with a frying pan. There's a lot of frying pan gags in this, and they're pretty funny. The humor in this is very much geared towards just slapstick and just funny. Right. Not like funny for kids one way and funny for kids adults another way. Yep. It's just funny. Yeah. I'm most surprised how much I was laughing at this. It was really, really funny. Um, she locks him up, and then she wants to prove to him, look how capable I am. And then the one who's giving her all this shit about, you can't go outside, and you can't do this shit, and I've spoken. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't talk about the mother. And then Mm. she asks for these things that her mother has to go three days to get. And she's plan is steal out, see the things, get back. Mm. All clear. Yep. But when she goes out, she's like, oh my God, the grass beneath my feet. This is so amazing. And then it cuts to her going, I'm such a terrible person. My mother's going to be heartbroken. (laughs) The next one, she's swinging around a tree and her hair is like, best day ever. It's like, I'm going to hell. So I, this be- that, I thought that was hilarious. It showed that she's slightly fucked in the head. Yeah, yeah. Her mother has totally convinced her that she's a lost lamb and she's an idiot. It's just like her mother says the most horrible things to her and then says, I'm teasing, honey, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. I mean, as I said, she's not, it's hard to totally hate the mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, the first song is pretty much just Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore plays Rapunzel. And the first song is very much standard Disney fair. She does have there's cute animals in this, but they don't speak. Excellent. Which is cool, which that allows a lot more character to come through because she has a chameleon mm-hmm. that is one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen. Right. It's cute as all hell. Um, and she talks to him and he just goes, <laughs> most of the time. But um, she, um, the first song is a bit Disney, mm-hmm. me, me, yep. me, and we're like, oh, <clears throat> crap. We sat there in the cinema going, crap, it's going to all be like this. Second song, Mother Knows Best, is a bit more, it's a bit more edgy. The third song, they go to a bar of ruffians, and I won't, don't spoil too much, but the song that kicks off there yep. is genius. Who sings it? And it's a group act, um, it's like Rapunzel, and Zachary Levi, and Jeffrey Tambor, Brad Garrett, oh, and right. Richard Keel. 
Paul F. Tompkins. So they're all these thugs that sing along. Right, right, and, right. Uh, it's genius. It's really, really good from that point, And that's funny as all out. I mean, that you really don't expect what happens there. So it's good to see that bit. Oh, and Ron Perlman, isn't it? Yeah, Ron Perlman's in it, but he has like one or two lines. It's bizarre. He's like two twins who were uh, helping out um, Zachary Levi to do Rob Shit. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of crop up in here and out. I mean, the, the one thing I one problem I have with the movie is that there's not an awful lot of like visually some of the other characters look quite arresting but there's no character behind them mm. Captain of the Guard like the horse the Captain of the Guard has has more character than him they get separated and the horse is very much a Disney horse I think it's kind of like I can't remember all of it but I think in the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame Kevin Klein's horse was kind of like very prim and proper and like would joke around with the, mm-hmm. the, the, the goat and the uh, gagos right mm-hmm. the horse in this is hilarious because he's like a cop horse he's like a horse with a badge Mm-hmm. Like then there's points where like you know Rapunzel is basically trying to calm him down because he wants to beat the shit out of Zachary Levi. Like he punches him with his hooves. Right. And she's like, <laughs> no, sit down. And he sits like a dog. <laughs> and his the tail is wagging. Oh yeah. So it's visually very very funny and the horse just the horse's expressions the way it moves some of the animation this is really nice and um, Rapunzel herself they really capture the exuberance of like turning it in. Like she, right. and, and just getting out into the world. She's like, at moments, there's little, little character moments where, like, where Zachary Levi's telling her a story, and he's like, well, it's not that important. And she kind of like, is totally all like, you know, cupping her head in her hands and like shuffling over beside him and all interested and stuff. Mm-hmm. Lovely little animation touches like that are throughout. And mm-hmm. um, the 3D actually, there's one standout. There's the 3D, John Lasseter produced. Right. Our executive produced. So there's very much a Pixar vibe on the 3D is that there's nothing sticking out. Yeah. Very, you don't, I don't think there's any at all of anything coming out towards the camera for you. It's all depth. Right. And there is one scene with the lanterns where they're on a lake. And so all the lanterns have flown over them and they're all coming down. Mm-hmm. So you get the lanterns flying between you and the boat and the and behind, but you also see the reflections in the water. Huh. So it looks like they're just a, 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 a floating through the sky full of lanterns. And like fair news, it must have been a nightmare to continuity because like obviously you've got some lanterns the right way up, some of the wrong way around because they're reflections. Mm-hmm. But that just that scene looks beautiful and you have these lights floating through and it's a quite a nice song. Some of the songs are catchy. Cool. Um, no, because no, I, I was uh, very much on the fence with this one, be- yeah. as I am with quite a lot of the stuff, quite a lot of uh, stuff that uh, Disney does in terms of its animation. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean this sounds this sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it is very pretty cool. Uh, the ending takes a weird turn, and uh, it's nice to know that it's like. So if it's if it's sort of like in the in the same vein as their classic stuff like Beauty and the Beast, would you say, for example, that it's on par with Beauty and the Beast in terms of entertainment value? No, I'm not really entertained by Beauty and the Beast. I don't oh, yeah. find that funny, no. No, but I mean... Uh, this, I is fu- uh, this is funny. There's, no, a whole load of, there's a whole load of things where, like, you know, Zachary Levi's tried to a chair and he's like, look, I know I've only just met, I don't want to have to do this, but I'm going to have to give you the smolder. And he just purses his lips and, like, sucks in his cheeks and everything. And that just looks fucking funny. Like, there's more, there's way more of a comedy element to it. Right. Um, but I think it's great. The comedy element really works. Excellent. So, yeah, I would say more. I, the Beauty and the Beast is not, but I'm not a big fan of that. That's, I put it on part of the Lion King. Oh really? Mm. But then again, I watched The Lion King way after it came out, and so that's why I time to lower expectations. So that's so my my uh, take on the Lion King might be slightly different. But I thought it's good. I mean, it's not as good as Toy Story three, obviously. Oh, obviously. Okay. All right. Two or one, <laughs> but it's good. Okay. Definitely worth definitely worth watching, and definitely worth watching in three D. And is and it's worth watching on the big screen. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. And uh, if you can avoid going to places where people, and the last song, emotional fucking center point of the movie, woman, row down, two seats cross. That's texting, <laughs> and the beeps on her phone are not turned to silent. But so like, I thought the background music was. Is this disco? I was, I was so close, just going over, saying, "Stop it!" 
Wouldn't you say that there was a kid sitting like a few rows? This down? is one thing I would say. This is this is a good movie to go see with kids. I mean, one of the stories my friends always told me about seeing Toy Story. Oh, not Toy Story. Yeah, Finding Nemo. Uh, he went like he could only go for some reason with his girlfriend during like a, a midday matinee or something like that. Right. And the cinema was full of kids, and you know they had they had the Pixar the Pixar jump, yeah, or the Pixar hop, yeah, <laughs> better than hop. But um, where you know there's always that point where this would be the end of a movie. It was a really sad movie, and then they twist it so you don't see this coming ever. Like you know, so he think he's in the cinema and like one kid like directly in front of him or directly behind him just goes, oh no, Nemo's dead, no, no, Nemo, shut up, kid, he's not dead. <laughs> There's none of this and that, but there was a kid a few rows. It worked going to see with kids just because this, this kid's laughter was awesome. You could hear him and pop everyone else, and he was just loving the fucking movie. He was loving the horse and the comedian, especially. They're just hilarious. So definitely want to take the kids to. All right. Go see it. Okay, I'm just going to do a really, really quick review of uh, Skyline, which is the latest film from the brother Strauss, uh, who directed Alien vs. Predator Requiem. You say that movie shit? Well, one, one piece of credit that I will give the, uh, the brother Strauss is that they think Alien vs. Alien vs. Predator Requiem is shit too. Yeah, they got a lot of studio <laughs> interference, right? Yeah, a lot of studio interference. They wanted to tie it in with like a next Alien movie or something, didn't they? Was, something like there's that, There's been yeah. some stuff they've talked about recently about how they wanted to end in a certain way. And I still haven't seen Requiem, I have it there, but I just can't face it. It's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> Although it has, it does have a couple of nice death scenes. Yeah. And they kill kids. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, but um, aside from that, I mean, like... That's pretty good. Aside from that, I mean, but the way um, AVP Requiem was shot, everything's so dark, it's impossible to make anything out. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you can tell that, uh, that that's not their style because this movie, Skyline, is broad daylight, broad daylight. <laughs> everywhere. And that is something that I liked. I mean, um, it, that it's nice to see people being that ballsy about their effects uh, they do it in, light, in, yeah. in, in the daytime. You always know that when they got the... the, 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 the faith in what they're doing when they yeah. show it in the daytime because you can hide it in multiple sins in the darkness anyway I'm not going to waste too much time telling you what the story of this movie is here's the story <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's late at night in, Lo in, in Los Angeles and blue light comes down and it's aliens and people are getting sucked up <laughs> that's it yeah. and uh, the, but the movie focuses on does it uh, suck does it suck the it, movie it, it kind of sucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it sucks on one level but there is some enjoyment to be had and I will get to that in a minute mm -hmm. um, but the movie folks the movie is actually a pretty small budget movie it was made for like 10 million dollars or something ridiculous like that and um, it's the the director made it in his apartment in his apartment building yeah so yeah <laughs> I mean this is the director's house where he's making this shit and it's basically about uh, Eric Balfour uh, and his girlfriend played by Scotty Thompson their names are Jared and Elaine they go to LA to visit um, his best friend um, played by Donald Faison Turk from Scrubs who's now a big big time special effects man in Hollywood what this is his character oh <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant the actor no no Donald Faison <laughs> he is a special effect <laughs> and uh, so Basically, he's going to visit visit his friend, who's a special effects guy, and uh, he's there with his girlfriend, played by Brittany Daniel, who uh, I know from a couple of episodes of Dawson's Creek, and he's there with his uh, uh, PA. She's sweet body high. She might have been. <laughs> Crystal, uh, this, she's there, and and he's there with his Why PA Denise, and his other friend Ray. And basically, it's the reason that they're there is because it's. Um, Terry's Donald Faison's character Terry's his birth, birthday and that's why they're there mm -hmm. and then when they find when they, when they get there uh, Eric Balfour finds out that actually Ter uh, Terry's got like a job waiting for him in effects and the girlfriend doesn't know anything about this and then there's this big who drama blah 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 and then that's it and then they get they get invaded by aliens and huh. monsters kind of ruins the party yeah there you go 
But this happens like just after the party, and like you know, so so it has all this like uh, bright light. Does it have a long? No. Beginning? No, it's no. straight into it. Not straight into it. I mean, it's straight into it at the beginning, and then you get a 15, 15 hours earlier thing, and that lasts for about 15 minutes, right. and then it's straight back into it. And so, uh, I want, because this very much reminded me, like, what I've seen looks like Cloverfield. Do you want them to all to die, like yes, you do the guys yes, in Cloverfield? You, do. <laughs> you, don't, you don't give a fuck about any of these motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want a Turk to die so bad. <laughs> take him! Don't take that guy, take Turk! Take him! Him! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't like any of them yeah. because number one, like uh, they're all attractive. Yeah. <laughs> they're all attractive. Are they vapid? And they're <laughs> they're they're all they're fish tanks with legs. <laughs> <laughs> the the character who I liked the most was actually Brittany Daniel, mm. the because uh, she's uh, she's Turk's girlfriend yeah. and she's just a bitch. And, oh really? Yeah, you know, and sh and uh, you know, being the bitch, she just kind of like, oh, you're a bitch. I know you're gonna die, but fuck it, you're a bitch, and you're kind of hot. Yeah. Uh, although there was one shot where the, I guess the lighting on her was didn't what was was not was not very good, and you could see that she's got really bad skin. Oh really? <laughs> in one shot, they managed to cover it up pretty well, but there's one shot where she's in the elevator, and the the, the, the light shone on her cheek for a split second, and I was just like, oh. Ooh. Bad skin! And I also know that Joshua Jackson used to fuck her. Oh, really? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like, none of the characters are particularly likable. You don't really give a fuck. And, um, but one thing that is sort of, that, that, I, that I did like about it is that uh, about, that there's, because it all takes place in the one apartment complex. Mm hmm. You're fucking confusing the shit out of me. What are you doing? I can't look at that screen. So, so like, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to leave the apartment complex. She was in Sweet Valley High. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> She's a year older than me. <laughs> She's got a producer Greta. For what? Somewhere there. Anyway, uh, it's got on. So, like, so, like, okay, the movie is pretty shit. Yeah. The effects are pretty cool. The acting is, at best, Average at worst, abominable. Okay, Eric Balfour has never played a lead before. He's never gonna. He <laughs> doesn't do it in this one. He's never gonna do it again. So is he is the lead. He is he? the lead. Oh wow. He is the lead. Uh, I mean, you. <laughs> but there is one aspect of it that is possibly fun for you. When they are trying, when they tried to run run out of the apartment complex, they got suddenly chased by this big fuck off monster. And this is what, and and uh, there's a few of these monsters lying around, mm -hmm. and Seriously. yeah, yeah, they're, they're just they're just there, you know, they're chilling out, you know, going to the drive-through, and so the In-N-Out Burger, the In-N-Out Burger, absolutely. One of them looks like he's eaten quite a few of them. <laughs> and when you when you, I was just wa it was just so it was so bizarre. There was this moment in the movie where I'm watching this monster chase them. And I just settle into my seat and I think to myself, this is like those shit monster movies that you and your friends would rent in college. Yeah. And if you look at it from that point of view, with that Death perspective... Machine. Huh? Death Machine. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a lot of fun to be had. If you just, if you go there go, wanting to see, I mean, when I, when I say go there, I mean to the video rental. Do yeah. not go see this in the cinema. It's not worth it on the big screen. No, no, no. It's like, it's like a, it's like a drive-through movie with, with, yeah. with, a, with a budget. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a B movie. Yeah, it's a B movie. It's a B movie all the way. And if you go in there expecting that and looking to have some fun out of what can be what of of what sh of how shit it is. Is it a double B movie all the way? Yeah. All the way. All the way. So I mean, I, I can I would recommend it on that level. You yeah. know, it's like when you're out with your friends and you want to have a few beers and just watch like a really bad monster monster movie. 
then talk over it. Yeah, and talk over it and shit. Then I would say that yeah, by all means, rent the fucking thing. All right. Yeah, there are there are bits to be enjoyed. In that I, regard. I, I, so I was better off going to see Tangled because I was going to go see Skyline. <laughs> no, I, I mean from the sounds of it, you were better off going to see Tangled. But it's it's a funny thing because it's not. I won't say I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it on, on some weird fucked up level. Yeah. But I but 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 at the same time, I know it's not a good movie. Yeah. If that makes any sense. <laughs> It's a guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure, but not even a pleasure. It's just like, I, if you're going to talk over it, make sure you got beer. I had no beer. <laughs> I was intellectualizing the shit while I was watching it. It was like, I could put, yeah, it's like one of those movies that you You want to gardens? Like, yeah, yeah. You can want a beer there. Yeah. No, you can't. Oh, not in primary. It's the way go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. would, would, I recommend, would I recommend anyone uh, go see this? No. But if you're the kind of person that does like to watch bad movies every once in a while for fun, like I do, then, you know, you might enjoy it. Far away. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, I'm going to cover off something that came out on DVD recently. Okay. What's wrong with her? <laughs> That's a long list. Who is that? <laughs> who is that? No, seriously, who is that? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, BBC DVD recently came out with Sherlock, which is a three-episode TV show they aired in the summer this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Uh, back in the UK uh, Sherlock Holmes made for the modern day it's a bit hard to take this how they you know had to see where the green light of this came from seeing as you know the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes came out but yeah. this stars Martin Freeman who you remember from The Office and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and uh, the upcoming uh, Hobbit and The Hobbit yeah yeah. So oh he, by the way Ian McKellen is confirmed well as he should be for The Hobbit it's good they managed to fit it in around his schedule <laughs> but um, he plays uh, Dr. John Watson and uh, it's the guy who wrote the Stephen Moffat. It's Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. You know Mark Gaddis? Ah, uh, yes. He was in the League of Gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And he, he has a lovely part in this, actually, because he's playing to his strengths, which is like sleazy redhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh... No, never mind. Um, but in this, um, it, they don't... They, Stephen Moffat also did Jekyll, which is an excellent... Uh, I think I mentioned it before when I was talking about Sherlock. I think I mentioned it. How... Um, Jekyll was an updating of the old Jekyll and Hyde story for the modern day with uh, the guy from the Yellow Pages ad. James Nesbitt. Yeah, yeah. And they updated that beautifully. And the, but then that, in that, they referenced the original book. Uh -huh. As in that the Robert Louis, Louis Stevenson book was, or not, whoever wrote the original Jekyll and Hyde, based it upon a friend of his and tied that into the whole generational aspect of the whole story and stuff like that. So there was like, you know, the, the characters were well aware who Jekyll and Hyde were. And so they were aware, you know, aware of that as they went through it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In this, they just fuck all that out the window. Oh yeah. It just it's Dr. John Watson. He's an army medic. He's home from Afghanistan, mm. and there's a guy he meets who's called Sherlock Holmes, and they move into an apartment on 221B Baker Street. And Sherlock Holmes has Inspector Lestrade of the Yard turn up, and the, in the second episode, I think it's um, Inspector Dimmock turns up. I think he was. There's one of the things I didn't realize till after watching all of these and looking at some stuff online that they use lines from the books verbatim. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, the, some of the characters, the the, the, the plots aren't mm. the same. Yeah. But they do use enough, like, I think I think it's one of those things that the game is afoot, maybe that's one of those things like Beam Me Up Scotty that Sherlock Holmes never ever said, because he does run out of house saying, the game is on! And there's, right. there's other bits and pieces of dialogue between them that if you look them up, they're actually in the book. Which is really nice, and it's played to, this is one of those shows that, you know, you could shoot a show anywhere, and sometimes it's like, like uh, I watched a TV show called Terriers, and it was only until they went to the train station and realized they were in San Diego, because we were at that train station! Mm -hmm. But you know what I mean, this makes a, <clears throat> the city of London is a character in this. Excellent. Now, this might be colored by the fact that I was stuck there for three months this year. But, Maybe. like, you know, it's Piccadilly, it's like Chinatown, or I walked through during Chinese New Year, they're probably shooting around then because yeah, all the yeah, lanterns yeah, are still yeah, up. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm looking for myself in Trafalgar. So I could have been those around there. <laughs> but, um, 
Sherlock, I should have mentioned, is played by a guy called da- Benedict Cumberbatch, which is like, he must have fucking that's, terrible that's, parents. That's a name that, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to... He's going to be in the upcoming Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He's in War Horse, which is, uh, Steven Spielberg's done that, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, he's also been in, like, he's in Four Lions? Jesus, I didn't recognize him in Four Lions. And the other Boleyn girl is William Casey. He's been in a few different things, but um, he is an exceedingly tall, odd-looking gentleman. Right. And he works as Sherlock. He Sherlock's an asshole. Like, there's a whole load of lines in the first one where he's like, of course, why didn't I see it? And I was like, what? The case. And everyone's like, what? It's like, oh, it must be terrible being you. You know, there's nothing going on up here the whole time. I mean, what do you do to keep yourself busy? You know, he's totally down on everyone around him because they're not keeping up. And he does the, it's very much flavored by, I mean, US TV these days, you know, any detective show has to have a hook. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you look at House is a detective show, he's a absolute asshole, but he's genius. It's very much like House. Yeah. In that, you know, he doesn't relate to normal people. There is a whole ongoing gag about, so you got a girlfriend? No, that's not my kind of thing. Oh, got a boyfriend? No. What? You know, he just doesn't have time for that. He doesn't, there's a brilliant joke in the third episode where it's like, yes, yes, you, you know, it's like it's something about, well, no, this, the, the stars were in this constellation. Yeah, that's all very well that that, you know, works for your crime solving, but like, you didn't know the earth goes around the sun. It's like, it wasn't relevant. Because <laughs> he's never needed to know that for anything. Like, it is the power of deduction, and he is a, what is it? A, uh, it's not a, a uh, private detective, he's a consulting detective. And there's a nice, so these are each one of these is three episodes. Each one's one hour twenty minutes. Um, they do, you know, they are hard to get your head around. You're like, but it is all explained throughout, and they do have some nice, cool infographics. Um, the introduction to Sherlock himself is like the cops are giving. A, you don't even see him. The cops are giving a uh, press conference, and when they're saying stuff, everyone's phone in the room goes off with a text message saying wrong. <laughs> and when they come out of that, so, like the, the, so, the, so it has funny bits. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, really it's quite like, funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Martin Freeman. In it? Martin Freeman's great. They're actually that's one of the great things about it is there you buy their chemistry straight off. Mm-hmm. You know, like Martin Freeman, the first episode, like the first twenty minutes or so, it's all about Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. and he's got a cane and you know all sort of stuff, and he meets Sherlock and he's like, Afghanistan or Iraq? What? Afghanistan or Iraq? Like he tells him later, you know, you walked in, you're bearing that obviously told you that you showed me that you're a military man and you stood. Uh, I said your leg, leg injury was psychosomatic because you stood there when I, and you'd forgotten it was there. You didn't, you didn't ask for a chair for there being a real injury. Um, you know, I asked about your sister because I know you have a sister from this, this, this. And, you know, he goes through all that stuff and that's genius. It's brilliant when he does it. The sound mix is a bit weird though because some of the times the music or they're mumbling a lot of the time. It's hard to pick out stuff. You need to watch it a couple of times to catch it out. Right. But they, the mysteries are, are cool. And in the first episode, there's this guy who's hanging around the whole time talking to Martin Freeman and he's like he's supposedly Sherlock's nemesis but again the banter between them is quite cool right. and finding out who he is is awesome um, and running throughout the three episodes is you know the very first one you know someone there's a, there's a serial killer and he has a sponsor it's like what who sponsors a serial killer it's like a oh, clever man he's like well what's his name it's like no one ever speaks his name and at the end of that you know they get the name and it's Moriarty so there's this shadow behind the whole thing of Moriarty is involved in every one and he only turns up in the third one Oh. And I won't say who it is, but I mean, it doesn't mean it matter, but you're never sure who it is. You know, he's yeah, totally yeah, off yeah, screen yeah. for the first two, and it's a nice little recurring mystery. It doesn't bother Sherlock at all. It's great. And he's just, between the bounce between them and the running around and everything else, it's just, it's a good little action show and quite clever and quite funny in its own way as well. Cool. So it's not, it's not a comedy, but it has humorous moments, and I definitely recommend getting it on DVD. So it's out on DVD now from BBC Worldwide. 
Excellent. No, I, I've heard quite a lot about this, so I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, and I, the only problem is that the frameworks like The Walking Dead, there's three of them, and then I don't know when there's more, because you want more instantly. Right. Now, I'm giving it the one well, hour, but giving it the one hour 20 minutes. There is supposed well, to be a uh, second series. Yes, but giving it, I'm wondering how they're going to go with it, because it works great in one hour 20 minutes, because it doesn't have to fit to the formulas that fit other TV shows. Yeah. You know, you can do, you can watch Castle, you can watch fucking House and all that, and you see the moment where House gets it. Whereas when you've got this longer playtime, just moments, like they give a lot of moments to riding around taxis and just showing how cool London looks at night. Yeah. Cool. Uh, which is nice, they can spend that time doing it, and it's definitely well worth watching. So I highly recommend it. Excellent. Get it now. All right. Now we shall move on to the top 10 US box office results for Malaysia and US. You can start. Uh, no, number 10. <laughs> number 10 for Malaysia. Guzarish. That's why I said you could start. Number 9, Death Place. Not the, not the sequel to Death Race. <laughs> number 8, Takers. I really don't want to see this movie just because I've seen so many ads for it on the web for the last six months. And also Paul Walker's in it. Yeah. <laughs> number 7, Uthama Putiran. Number six, let me in. I'm in. I I don't know about whether I want to see this or not. I want to see it. I just don't want to see it right now. I yeah, want, I want to. Just, I just want to leave, let the memory of uh, let the right one in just pass. Number five, Tu Alam. Number four, Mega Mind. Number three, Unstoppable. Number two, Skyline. And number one, Harry Potter and the. De- I didn't do it. Right. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I hate the way everyone in those things. It's just Harry Potter. How's, no one says how, how's it going, Harry Potter. It's always Harry Potter. I say Harry Potter. Are you okay? Have you fainted again? Number 10 at the US box office, Fair Game. Number 9 for Colored Girls. There's a longer title for that. Number 8, Red. Red is hanging in there. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. hanging in there. Number 7, Skyline. Number Not six, hanging in there. Yeah, number 6, Morning Glory. Worst title fucking movie ever, but I got middling reviews on this. Really? I've heard it's shit. Yeah, the, I think the, the trailer pissed me off. I think yeah. I was angry. Number 5, The Next Three Days. I don't know if I want to see this. Well, it was a toss up between this and Skyline. Yeah. We should have seen this. <laughs> Hey, at least it's better than Hop. There you go. Uh, number four, Due Date. Getting wildly divergent reviews. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that should be out here soon as well. Number three, Unstoppable, hanging in there. Number two, Megamind. Number one, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one. <laughs> part one. <laughs> or has it been referred to in some places, HP7A. <laughs> Sounds like a sauce. <laughs> I do want to see that, though. I kind of just to keep up with what the hell's going on and stuff. Uh, I don't really care, but I, I, <laughs> I really don't care about Harry Potter. I just want to see how many times he passes out in this one, because he passes out in every fucking movie. It's like, <sighs> or he gets hit in the head or something. It's like, Ugh. if everybody just told him what was going on when he was eight, he probably would have just gone off like fucking Bruce Wayne and walked the earth and yeah, come back as know, fucking come ninja. Come back as, you know, like, Potter. Voldemort, man. fuck dead, fuck you. Hermione! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, tune in next week for more reviews. Hopefully we'll get the social network by then. Yep. And uh, thanks a lot for listening. Bye. Bye.